What is going on, everybody? Back again, another Saturday special for you. This one in the afternoon time, the POS post-game overreaction show presented by UJSports.com. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined alongside Dane Young in the car after a great watch-along show with Russ Tanner. Uh, I actually watched... And, and Dane, don't don't get mad at me, Dane. I, I don't I don't watch you guys the whole time, most of the time. I'm watching the game, what? you know. Yeah. What? But but I watched you guys literally for the whole second half, man, and uh really enjoyed it with Russ Tanner. Uh he he knew a heck of a lot more about this Georgia football team than I thought he would. Um he was naming guys on the roster that I didn't even know what number they were. Yeah, Russ is just fantastic. And I say that. Um, you know, on a, on a personal level, he's done two of my mortgages, which is kind of helpful. Uh, but also just like, I need to hit him up. Yeah, you, you should, because they do a good job there. Athenslender.com, Russ Tanner. Uh, <laughs> but like his love for Georgia football, his knowledge for it, um, man, he, he could drop mortgage life and do media stuff anytime he wanted to. He's just got that personality. And then he, he knows the stuff, man. Uh, and not only just being a former player, but paying attention to the current guys, paying attention to recruiting. It was funny sitting in the middle of him and Roddy because half the time he's needling Roddy of like, hey, man, can you give me a little recruiting scoop? There's a few guys I'm interested about. Yeah, yeah, that was that was fun. That was fun. Overall, though, 56-7 to 7, Charleston Southern. Dane, I almost – Almost had a UGA Sports exclusive with the offensive coordinator for Georgia Southern. I know uh, his brother very well, but they wanted to come in to Athens and get out of Athens. Uh, I, I, you know, I would say after that audio that leaked from Kirby at halftime from the Florida game, they didn't want any more motivation uh, for this game, and rightfully so. But I think we are going to be able to eventually get uh, the offensive coordinator from Charleston Southern in the offseason to talk to him about. Uh, you know, going up against Georgia's defense. And especially if Georgia makes a big run, I think that would be some pretty cool insight. So almost had that for you guys on YouTube, but Charleston Southern SID uh, decided otherwise, decided to come in, get their money. And that's what they did, 56-7, to seven, Dane. What initial thoughts? We do this every week. Kind of the initial thoughts of the game. We knew Georgia was going to win, right? I think I, I want to say I picked – I'm going to go look. I want to say I picked 56 to three, so I was kind of close. Uh, but what what was your initial thoughts, man? I, I picked 69 to nothing because I'm a child, and that's just what yeah, I do these yeah, days. Yeah, you've done that twice now. I've done it three times, and I was almost right the first time. Like Vanderbilt should have been that, but Carson Beck threw a pick or something. Uh, yeah. Like I was really mad. Hey, we actually have it. Before you get your initial thoughts, we've got a fan with us uh, that joined us live. I think he's in his man cave. Hey, Kevin, what's up, man? Look at that. I can't hear you. Hey, Kevin, you're muted. Let's see. Can you unmute yourself? Sorry, you guys. Yeah. What's up, see man? My man cave in the garage. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Sat it out there for a 56 to 7 uh, victory, huh? Yeah, man. I, I just wanted to give you guys a call. Uh, really dig the, uh, the college or uh, the watch along party. Um, got a buddy of mine in Washington State who started watching the show. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of the – he didn't get the game today, but uh, he listened in. And uh, just want to give you guys a shout-out, man. Say hey. Yeah, you, we appreciate it, man. We appreciate it. What's uh, what's on the docket for tonight? What game are you looking forward to tonight to watch? Uh, anything in particular? Uh, honest, honestly, I might watch the uh, Utah and Oregon yeah. game. Uh, it's yeah. it's kind of interesting that they are 
not favored in that game. Yeah, um, three and a half point dog. Oregon is uh, in that game. Yeah, which is kind of crazy if they're the number th- uh, three team in the country. But um, funny, funny uh, scenario. I've got a buddy of mine who's a huge Ohio State fan. We've been friends for many, many years. And honestly, I'm like, it may come down to the best defense in college football versus what seems to be the best offense in college football when it all yeah. comes to the end. So we're going to, we're going to we'll definitely see. discuss that a bunch. This, uh, this episode, Ohio state, uh, also Florida losing to Missouri. Aaron Callaway says, uh, is what he's looking forward to. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll see about yeah. that as well. But, but yeah, man, I don't want to take you guys time. I appreciate you guys. Uh, hey, I really man, we do. appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. You guys have a good evening and, uh, go dogs. Yeah, man. You too. Have a good one. Take it easy. Dane, you with me? I've got, there he is. Yeah, I, I'm here. Uh, my, my internet was being a little spotty. So I'm trying to move closer to like Watkinsville, but not break too many laws in the process. Hey, hey, no, nah, if you get pulled over, just tell me with UGA sports, uh, that's gotten me out of many, many tickets. Um, uh, I'll tell him Paul Meharry is on the other line and he can talk. Yes. Out. Yeah. Yeah. No, we can, we can put the cop live on YouTube. It would be great. Uh, 56 to seven though. We were getting your initial thoughts. Um, uh, Kevin came in with his awesome man cave. We appreciate that. 56, seven initial thoughts there, Dane on the game. Yeah. I'm glad that Kevin joined. That was uh, really cool. And, and thanks for watching and, and doing everything that, uh, supporting everything that we have going on. You know, initial thoughts is Georgia, um, accomplished what it wanted to. No one got hurt. Um, you know, at least anything that we saw, uh, Jordan Davis got a rushing touchdown, which is, uh, cool. Just have something fun to talk about. Yeah. Uh, as a whole, I, I don't know that there's much you can say other than uh, when Georgia's beef on the lines of scrimmage on both sides when he gets paired against a team uh, that has none. Man, it's uh, th- this was a mismatch from the very beginning, and Georgia did what it's supposed to do against a team like that. And frankly, I think next week's going to be pretty similar. Uh, Georgia Tech's obviously better than Charleston Southern, but – not to the degree that Georgia is better than Georgia Tech. We've got some folks in the chat, Dane, and it's before we get to them, I'm going to get to Kale Stone said, uh, Blaylock back, and if we can get Pickens back against Tech, I love our chances even more against Satan. Mint Saban, LOL, go dogs. Um, <laughs> yeah, good to see Blaylock back out there. He caught, uh, let's see, what did he have, two, two receptions, I think? Yeah, two receptions for 11 yards. Yeah, he, one of have, them was, he had the one 10-yard where he got kind of trampled on a little bit, twisted, and got right back up and went back out there. Yeah, it was a tough catch. Uh, a, a good throw from uh, – it was Carson Beck, I'm pretty sure. Uh, kind of to the inside, he had to go down and catch it and in traffic. Good to see Don Blaylock out there. I don't see Don Blaylock as being a massive piece in Georgia's like kind of stretch run to a potential title no. here um, just because he hasn't played a whole lot. But – to have him, his experience, and, and what he's overcome to get back here, you, just, you love to see him get rewarded to be able to play. This is the overreaction show, Dane, so I'm going to overreact a little bit. Was that the last time we we will see George Pickens in a full uniform uh, at Georgia? Was that the last time that we, you're saying in Athens? Yes, in Athens, yes. Is that why he – That's uh, the last time that- that we'll see. Dane's go. Oh, Dane went in and out on his hot take. He's driving home, guys. So uh, 
Dane went in and out on his hot take there. But while we're waiting on Dane to come back, we'll get to some of you guys' comments. Roddy's going to join us here in just a bit when he gets home. Let's go dogs from uh, Richard. And then you guys really want to talk about Ohio State, and I do too. Jim said it. Ohio State looks scary good today. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Ohio State necessarily they did look great. They look great, but at the same time, was Michigan State overrated? You have to kind of look into that. I don't know what's going on. I got a okay. We got an ad on the ESPN. Uh, Michigan State's pass defense was 130th out of 130th. Uh, in the nation. So they got beat up. CJ Stroud went for a ton against them. Let's see here. Uh, we've got Dane back now. I'm going to try to add him back in if I can. Dane, you back? Yeah, man. That's infinitely better. I think I hit a different cell tower. So, uh, you know, uh, so try, you, try you to were produce right on in, the fly. You were right in the middle of your uh, hot take overreaction. Was this George Pickens' final game in Athens because he dressed out? Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah uh, I think so too. I don't even know if that's a hot take. I think that's pretty assumed uh, Yeah, with the talent that he has. You know, the thing is, you hope to see George Pickens play a meaningful part in the season because when he is healthy and ready and available, he's George's best offensive player. And there's an argument that he would be George's best player, period. I mean, he's just such a game changer. So. Uh, I would personally love to see him return at Georgia Tech because I think that's quite poetic considering oh, very, what happened the last very, time he played very at Georgia poetic. Tech. Yes. But we'll see if that's the case. So I I've, I want to kind of see if we're noticing a trend here. Don Blaylock dressed out. Uh, I think it was last week, fully dressed out. And then he played this week a little bit. George Pickens dressed out this week fully, pads and all. Maybe that's leading into next week, getting a few snaps. And then, I mean, it's it's going to be tough, though. And I, I don't mean it in a bad way, but it's going to be tough for Pickens to just come in. And you're everybody's going to expect the world out of Pickens to come in. But if his first game in meaningful action is against Alabama in the SEC, champion, SEC championship game, that's a tough task. Like, in, do you see where I'm going with that, Dane? Yeah, there's more reason that if you can get him to play against Georgia Tech, it's going to be helpful for uh, for the team, right? Because uh, trotting him out there against Alabama, maybe that causes more problems than it than it solves. Um, and you wonder how much can a week really make a difference in, in his injury recovery. Uh, at this stage, if he can run and he can play, it seems like it's all about confidence and reps. So um, I don't know. I'm not the, the doctor on that one. I guess Dr. James Andrews could tell you. Yeah, you know, and also maybe it messes up the flow of the other wide receivers. I don't know if that's so much the case because you've had so many wide receivers go down and, and come back. I just think that your offense is really running at a – and this is not to say leave Pickens on the sidelines. If Pickens is healthy, play. Lost. We've lost uh, – there we go. We've, no, we're good. We didn't lose yeah. anybody. That was my internet. Um, there, there are negatives though, I think that him coming back can cause, but the positives definitely outweigh the negatives with Pickens. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. He, he's an obvious talent. Uh, here, here's the thing with Pickens too. If that dude's right, not only is George's offense just going to be more explosive, it's just going to be more fun, man. Uh, yeah. 
he he does stuff that like I haven't seen in Georgia in a decade. Uh, going back to maybe AJ Green that had some uh, similar skill set, just in terms of ball skills, catch radius, all that good stuff that people smarter with football, you know, could say with more authority than I can. Uh, but overall, uh, Georgia's in a really good spot, right? That we're kind of counting down days to uh, you get one take in Atlanta with Georgia Tech, and then you're right back in Atlanta against presumably Alabama, which I guess we'll know that for sure at the end of today. And if something crazy happens with Arkansas at the end of next week. Yeah, it's right now 0-0 Alabama, Arkansas. Just started eight minutes left in the first. It does look like Alabama's on the Arkansas 31, though, so they are driving as usual. Uh, Kale Stone says, it's better to go against Tech, knock off the dust, and get the confidence back for our superstar in Pickens. To completely agree, Kale. I would have liked to have even seen him if he was ready to go today, put him out there kind of like Blaylock did, just a couple passes his way, let him touch the ball, let him feel it out. Uh, but it does feel like, and it does seem like, that's going to be uh, sooner than we think Pickens coming back. An- another comment here, Dane, from Jonathan Taylor. JT Daniels' lack of mobility is becoming more and more apparent. I was going to touch on this once Roddy got down, but I'll-, I'll touch on it with you as well. JT Daniels didn't look that great to me today. I, I don't know if you can really uh, take a lot. I mean, the the deep pass that he threw, I'd say to a few different Georgia receivers that that's probably a touchdown. Um, obviously, if it's an Arian Smith, the foot speed's a little faster. I think was it Jalen Johnson that went off of his hands? Is yeah, right? Jalen one went off Jalen Johnson's hands, and then uh, I want to say he had one, or was that Stetson to the one to eighty Mitch? I think it was JT to one to eighty Mitchell where eighty cut in and the the ball was to the right. Was that JT? Uh, that was Stetson on that. That was one. Stetson. Okay. Yeah, Stetson lofted it up kind of to the sideline and yeah. and AD Mitchell cut inside. And it looked like in my untrained eye Stetson was kind of like trying to slow his arm or, or something and the ball just kind of like still released on him. Um you know, I, I did JT look like, you know, the JT against Mississippi State last year? Probably not, but like at the same time, it's apples and pine cones, and it's hard to compare one to the next. And I've never uh, heard that. I've heard apples and oranges, apples exa- and pine cones. Exactly, apples and oranges are different. Apples and pine cones are more different. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know. It felt weird today uh, with JT Daniels out there, and they did uh, give him reps with the first team. So people have been complaining, right? Oh, he's going out there with the second team, the second team O-line. No, he had the first team wide receivers, and he had the first team O-line out there. He did throw the touchdown to Brock, uh, but Brock made a good play on that. I don't know. I, I, I don't think there is any doubt in anybody's mind moving forward uh, that this isn't Stetson's team. Uh, Stetson has the confidence. I don't know if you saw the Marty Smith piece on uh, ESPN on Twitter today. It's about a four-minute long piece. I guess they interviewed him last week against uh, Tennessee, and they put it out this week where uh, Stetson says, look, I'm the best quarterback on the team. He says it a little bit nicer than that, but I feel like I'm the best quarterback on the team, and that's how I'm going to play it. He better believe that. I mean, right. for, for any competitor to think that like the person behind them is better, well, then you've already lost going in because your confidence isn't where you need it to be. The other thing that I, I saw, I saw a quote. I haven't seen the whole interview, which I'm excited to go check it out. Uh, but I saw him say that like last year when yes. he was Georgia's quarterback, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm the starting quarterback at Georgia. Yeah. Like, driving that, around in some, his truck. That, yeah. Driving around cool in his stuff. truck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then this year it's like, you know, no, I, I'm, I'm just playing the position. Like I'm, I'm doing the job. Right. And 
it sounds like to me it's a more at least in his eyes right it's different for every person he views it as more of a mature approach that this really isn't that big of a thing uh whereas last year it was kind of the like oh look at me look at the hot shot that i am i and mean may have it, gotten him in it trouble. is it, i mean but you have to think about it though dane he walked on at georgia he went to a juco and then came back to georgia and was starting quarterback you can't tell me if it was me or you, you wouldn't be doing the same exact thing riding around in your truck and, and Athens being like, I'm the starting QB. Like I, I would be I mean, doing I'm, this I, I'm sure I thing. would, but, but like to me, that's an admission that he felt like he acted in a way that probably bit him in the butt by the end of yeah. the season last year. And so he's making sure to not do that again this year. And that's the sign of, I think a really mature young person. I mean, look, you and I were idiots uh, when, I mean, we were, are, um, but like go back to put us at whatever age Stetson Bennett is with all the headlines he gets and the attention he gets. Could you imagine? Uh, Dean, I got thrown out of, I'm going to bring Roddy on, but what's up, Roddy? Hello, gentlemen. Hey, yeah, I got thrown out of Sanford stadium. My first game as a student. Uh, so I, I can only imagine what, um, what's went through Stetson's mind. Man, you and I thought we were hot shit when we were on UGA news source. So yeah, yeah uh, we were, you we, know, we much, were much less rocking ESPN interviews and stuff. So I sat in the I, band I, section, Dane, and uh, uh, they were on the field. I made it at halftime. It was a South Carolina game. I, uh, I made it at halftime, sat in the band section, was a little too uh, inebriated because our complex, our apartment complex threw us a party. I sat in the band section. They came back. They were like, you're in our section. I was like, no, there's nobody sitting here. And then <laughs> I was good. I was then told to uh, get up and go. I went and got some nachos and made it back to my apartment complex and woke up about 9 p.m. ready to go back downtown. That was my first game day uh, in Athens. It was quite a scene because I couldn't get into Ath- you- I couldn't get I couldn't get into UGA as a freshman. I was too dumb, so I had to transfer in. So it, that's what happened. Did Did you try to change. get in a fight with a band member? Because you have to go with like a trumpet, and not a tuba. No, it was definitely like a tuba dude that was like coming to sit back down, and it was just, it was not. Don't lie, it was one of those little piccolo players. She ran you <laughs> off, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Dane, we've got Brent here, so I think uh, we, we can get we've got the show covered. You can go uh, take a take a nap or take care of those kids. One of the two. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. I'll, I'll probably try to do the first and end up doing the second. Uh, and then maybe I'll pop back on later if I decide I'd rather do this than that. Yes, there you go. It's always open. <laughs> the link is always open. My All friend. Right, see you guys. See you, man. Brent, what's going on? Not much. How are we doing? Doing good, yep. man. 56 to 7. Got that I'm ISP back. provided by uh, Potato. Yeah, yeah, your internet is uh, your internet's amazing, Brent. I don't know if really, uh, it's complete sarcasm. Complete. I would hope so because it's not that amazing. <laughs> uh, 56 to 7, Brent. Schematically, you're the scheme guy. See anything today that popped off the chart to you? Uh, Channing Tindall on the edge a lot. I think that was. Okay. That was one. And then Chaz Chambliss being that, you know, because Nolan didn't play. And then him getting a lot earlier reps, not necessarily more reps. It was the earlier reps that he got. And that to me says, hey, he's doing something in practice and doing, you know, doing the right things and, and making plays in practice that he's getting those earlier reps. So from a scheme standpoint, that was probably the most impactful thing of the day. And I wrote that in, in the postgame piece that I've already submitted. Uh, but the other thing I thought was interesting was, like, get they tried to get Darnell the ball 
a lot, and it just didn't happen. Like it, he only had the one target on the go route down the sideline that kind of got thrown past him as a more as opposed to more of a jump ball type throw. Uh, but there was also there was another three four plays where you could tell he was the primary guy, and he just wasn't. You know, there was somebody right there with him when when Stetson Stetson or JT was ready to throw the ball on uh, the check, and then they went to other places or check down. So that that's one where, like to me, you can't forget about that guy, and it's and it's the passing game. Yeah, Roddy, your kind of initial thoughts. You first of all, really cool show with Russ Tanner today, by the way. Really yeah. enjoyed that. Um, and I, I told Dane, I said, look, don't be mad at me, Dane. I don't watch the show as often as I should. I I tune in when it's you guys, but I, you know, it was Charleston Southern. The guys on TV were absolutely terrible. Calling Jordan Davis Zirkle and everything like that, and and this, that, and the other. Uh Lad to walk on. Yeah, it was it was it, like every three or four sentences out of his mouth, something was wrong. And so I just turned the volume down. I turned you guys on and really enjoyed that with Russ Tanner. And he had a ton of insight uh, that, you know, I guess from a former player, I would think, but he knew a lot more than I really thought he would. Yeah. Especially for an offensive lineman, you know, those guys, <laughs> Jeez. those guys, Hey, no, I was, uh, I played a little offensive line myself, so I can, not, of course, not at that level. Hell, not even at a good level. I'm just saying, as uh, I, I like the big beefy boys. Everybody thinks that the uh, the heavier you are, the dumber you are. But uh, now, guys like you know the Stinchcomb brothers and uh, Russ Tanner show you that uh, there, there's a mind, and that uh, just because they have no neck doesn't mean they have no brain. You know, those guys are absolutely uh, pretty bright, pretty intelligent. He made a lot of good comments about the defense. He made some good comments about the quarterback situation. The tailbacks, uh, and a lot about what it's like to be an upperclassman. Well, a to be a low, uh, underclassman, but then what it's like to be an upperclassman when you're playing a team that you expect to beat fifty-six to seven. You know, because I'm like, hey, what? What, you know, if you're James Cook, don't you want to go out there and score like 300 yards? You know, you, you get the crap kicked out of you against Tennessee and Auburn and Florida and all the tough games. But then when you play somebody that's a little bit easier, you know, just selfishly, it'd be like, hey, don't pull me out, coach. You made me get all them hard yards. I want these easy yards. I want to get some numbers. I want to, I want to go to town. And you, you pull those guys out. The younger guys get in and you're like, oh, that's great. But, you know, those guys didn't get, couldn't do that against Alabama or Florida. Why, why should they get all the – but he pointed out and said, look, you know, you, you get out there, you know, you played some, you, you've had a good day, but now you're so excited for your teammates to actually get a shot. The guys that were with you on those 5 a.m. lifts, those guys that were – that did the skull sessions with you, that did the hot chair with you, you know, the guys that uh, skipped Thanksgiving and stayed, at, you know, stayed in town with you because nobody went home. You know, those guys that lifted all those weights with you, you know, you get excited to see them go out there and they come to the sideline and you're cheering for them. When you're young and you get to the sideline, the old heads, as he calls them, are all patting you on the back, you know, telling you great job yep. or ripping you a new ass if you screwed up. And he says it the same way when he was an upperclassman, you know, he talked about trying to get his knee braces off quietly, you know, so they don't get busted by your position coach. But you're just trying to you, – you know, looking for snacks and stuff like that. But it was just great insight on a game like today. And then just some fundamental stuff. He's like, that needs to be fixed before you face Alabama. That needs to be fixed before you face Alabama. Oh, you better fix that. 
or hey, that, that's going to work. What we're doing right here, this is going to work. And he called a lot of plays just like Coach Donna does. He saw the formations. He's like, okay, this is a run into the boundary. This is a run into the boundary. Uh, he have, Having former players, I get tired of seeing a lot of, you know, just because a guy played, you put him on a broadcast and they're terrible. Yeah. Guys like Donovan and guys like Ross are former players and coaches who are great on a broadcast, and we were very lucky to have Russ on the show today. He did a great job. Brent, you've got a little background noise there, Brent, but before we let you go, any any uh, things you want to move forward on Georgia Tech? Looking forward to on Georgia Tech. Did you see the score of their game right now? Oh, yeah, what yeah is it? it's pretty bad. It's uh, it is. It's – 38 it's to nothing. Really right bad. In the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah, it's 38. I think, I think they're yeah. looking ahead to next week as well already. I <laughs> know, uh, you know, get through that game and take care of your business, much like this one, uh, and then move on. But it was just, it was a good senior day. You know, seeing Jordan Davis get the touchdown run was awesome, which, by the way, though, his run before the touchdown run was infinitely better. Like that was legit, like off the ground, true athleticism. The, the touchdown run, he kind of got tripped up and just, you know, being six, six fell into the end zone. Uh, but you know, the one before that was awesome. Uh, but you know, but just a great he day. Jumped from like the five yard line. If you're going to go on, if you're going <laughs> over the top of the pile, maybe wait till you get to the pile before you make Could that you, uh, leap. I'll, so on the touchdown for Jordan Davis's touchdown, all I saw was I, I can assume it was Erickson's hand. It was a white hand, like reaching up, like, please save me because he, I mean, what do you have there? 45, nothing, 45, nothing. Good Lord. Um, but all I could see oh, was shit, a, first half. Uh, yeah, yeah. All I could oh, see yeah. was a, a, a white hand reaching up, like save me because Jordan Davis and like three other guys were on top of him after that touchdown. And all <laughs> I could, all it was like a hand coming up out of like Halloween. It was just like, ah, <laughs> you could just see it shaking. Uh, when Jordan, yeah, I think it was Erickson. Though. I, I think, think it right, was. It was <laughs> so hope he's all right for next week because that that hurt. That definitely hurt. The other thought I think with this though is that. Like you watch today and what happened today while the Georgia game was going on is you need to be a big Michigan fan right now because their style of play suits your style of play way better than what Ohio State's does. And I, you know, I said this like long time ago on the Around the League show. Like Ohio State is the one team to me that just ugh, doesn't look like fun is to their play. Defense, is their defense good enough? To stop talented enough, they are talented enough. The good enough part is inter- is a great question, uh, but definitely talented enough. And they've gotten better throughout the year. And they've you know they changed the play callers. They changed a lot of things from a schematic standpoint as well. You know because Oregon obviously just torched them. Uh, but yeah. you know, be I would be big Michigan fans because uh, I think that <laughs> one's next week as well. I think that spread might be 20 as well, considering how they came out against Michigan State. It, might be it is, but I mean, that was at least on the road. Like, like yeah. that's at Michigan. So, you know, maybe it's it's probably still going to be 14 at least, I would bet. Yeah. All right. See, I'm worried about you – know, we were talking about this on the Watch Long Show, you know, the possible teams that you would see in that. I, I know it's going to sound weird, but if I'm a Georgia fan, I'm more worried about Ohio State than I am Alabama. 
I know Alabama's can can attack you and uh, they get great receivers, but I'm just thinking this is a team whose offensive strength, and we hear this every week. This is the first team that's going to challenge uh, Georgia's defense. You know, it was Arkansas. Hell, first it was UAB, then it was Arkansas, then it was you know Kentucky, and then uh, Missouri with a running quarterback, and then Tennessee. And Tennessee had a little bit there. South Carolina had a good wide receiver, Van Gogh, a bit on you. Tennessee had Tillman get 200 yards on you in the, through the air. But I'm looking at uh, that offense at Ohio State. I'm like, all right, this, this this is something serious here. And, again, that sounds weird to say you're more worried about Ohio State than Alabama because you should be damn scared of Alabama. But uh, that is a team I'm, – I'm with you there 100%, Brent. I just think that what Ohio State does, there's that's finally the, the one that can – their strength that could match your strength. I don't know who would come out on top on that situation, but Georgia had when they're tested, you know, when the secondary's tested, they've come up short a few times. When it's not like those receivers are just good, they're like first round draft pick. They're what Alabama just got rid of, you know, just necessarily right. got rid of, but just had with four first round guys. That's what Ohio State has right now. The fact that like when you think about Alabama, their best receiver was Ohio State's fourth receiver. Yeah, maybe even I was, was going to bring that up. Yeah, so that's how scary Ohio State is, especially on the outside. So hopefully they lose, and then you beat Alabama in the title game, and then you wind up playing uh, Cincinnati and Oregon in the uh, title game. Just take, <laughs> take it out. So yeah. that's how that's how we get that uh, the t-shirts and the hats and all the yeah. you know, 2021 national champions. You get uh, Cincinnati in the first round and Oregon in the second round, and you just win the whole damn thing. Yep. Oregon, Oregon tonight is a three and a half point dog. Dog to Utah. Really? I told you guys last week. I told you last week. I you said did. Utah. This is going to be Oregon's slip up game, and Vegas is with me. Utah is a three and a half point favorite at home against number three Oregon. Well, and I think they'll like they have to play him again. I, thank you. I'm like you have to get a, you might have to beat their ass twice. So good luck with that. Utah is Oregon's uh, what is it called? Kryptonite. For whatever reason, that's that's their team. Yeah, on the Around the League show on Thursday, the four, I was like, all right, so here's who I think it will be. And then here's who I'm kind of rooting for. From If you're a Georgia fan, I think who you should root for. And I think you should root for a Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State as your final four. Or maybe oh, Notre Dame. Or yeah. Notre Dame. All day. Or get Notre Dame in round one. All day. Yeah. I, I, I remember Notre Dame was like, 11 or 12th in one of the first uh, rankings, and they only had the one loss. I'm like, guys, this always happens. You think Notre Dame's out of it because they lose at some point early in the season. And sometimes it's an, an inexplicable loss or it's a loss to a decent team, but then they finish with a bunch of nobodies. And they're at the end of the year, they're 11 and one, you know, uh, 12 and one, something like that. You know, uh, uh, back in the days, it was uh, 10 and one or nine and one. I'm like, and, but they have the, uh, history behind them and the, that muscle memory of, Oh, well, Notre Dame's available, put them in, you know, it just, it happens. And you see, they get into the playoffs or they get into a bowl, a, a new year six game and they get the break speed off of them. And you're like, why, why are they here? This happens all the time. Well, there was that one time when they won it all. So my point being, and this is why I was worried a few weeks ago. I'm like, look, Georgia, you need some other teams to lose. You're going to have to win out like you, like you plan to, and you need some other teams to lose so that you can get a mulligan. We said this with the Clemson game. We said if Georgia loses a Clemson game, they have to win out. But if they win the Clemson game and win out, then they get a mulligan at some point down the way. But then I was kind of worried. I'm like, if you had a bunch of uh, 
undefeated teams and a bunch of one-loss teams, and you lose to Alabama in the SEC title game, they're going to say, hey, look, uh, you had your chance to get in. Yes, Cincinnati's at four now. You're at five. Yeah. Tough. Oh, and this is the year we need to put in a a non – you know, <laughs> right. This power would be five the team. Yep. Yeah, this is, and yep. it would be it, every time there's that exception, you know, like, oh, well, they didn't win the conference. Georgia, you can't go be, you can't be in it. You have to drop out. Then a couple years later, oh, Alabama didn't win the conference. That's okay. We can let them play. You know, you're, Georgia's always the exception to the rule, you know, or some, uh, they get screwed over some way. So I was saying, look, we just need some teams to lose. And that has happened. So, uh, you know, to me, you're in now. You're, you're going to go boat race. You're going to fin- finish the season 12 and 0. And I don't care what happens, unless you lose by 50 to Alabama. But even then, everyone's, all the pundits will say, well, they're just resting up for the playoffs. So yeah. stick them in the playoffs. And you're not, and you're not dropping your, your consensus number one the entire way to five. It's just not happening. I will say, Mr. Uh, Beyond or Miss, maybe Beyond Creative with some yeah. interesting I'll things there in the chat. There, yeah. Nobody. That's very true, one hundred percent very true. Because C.J. Stroud, I mean, he pr- he probably could have not worn pads today and been just fine. Wow, he yeah, didn't no, get he, touched. Yeah, he didn't get touched. Because I had the His game on is... my computer screen and then the Ohio State game on the uh, TV. He didn't get touched. Uh, but he's also not a running threat. And if I'm if I'm someone who wants to, or if I want to beat Georgia, I, I want to have that running threat as a cube at, at the QB position in addition to the throwing game. Cause like, even with, you know, Mac Jones was a little bit different, but they had such elite receivers. And then you had Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was definitely a running threat. And that was a big deal in that game. So, and Stroud doesn't run at all, like at all. I think between him, by the way, between him and Bryce Young, uh, they have, I think five yards combined on design runs the whole season. Jeez. That's, that's does that in the first quarter. So, you know, I, I do think that, you know, those are two things if you think about from Ohio State's perspective. They haven't played that level of pressure. And also, he's just not the running threat. Yeah. Did you see anything, uh, Brent, did you see anything schematically different this week? It seemed to me this was a – I don't want to say it was a vanilla game, but it seemed like, hey, uh, let's run a counterplay. I just picked up 40 yards. Let's run inside zone. <laughs> picked up nine. Let's uh, – a couple RP. I mean, it – Honestly, God, it looked like a very boring scrimmage. And it was. Georgia only, only scored 56, but it felt like if they wanted to, I mean, they could have just. Very much so. Okay. And I don't think they didn't run any. And I've heard people say this or read and read on the event. People talk about how Monken still has like 50% of his playbook. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he, <laughs> they have their plays. Now, what they don't have, I think, is a lot of those plays with the window dressing maybe that they haven't put out there. Hey, we haven't, we're going to run this same play from a different formation with different motions, things like that. But the one thing I think from the playbook that I saw today that I was like, okay, it didn't work against uh, Tennessee. So they wanted to get that where cook went right before the snap cook sprints out wide. And normally that's a you know bubble screen to cook, but against Tennessee, they tried to, and I think Stetson ran the ball but they tried to slip Bowers in after looking out wide to cook. And they ran that play today against Charleston Southern had, you know, got like six or seven yards maybe, but that's really the only one you're like, okay, they wanted to see that play get run on tape and have some success with that play. Yeah. A lot of tunnel screens today. Um, 
saw yeah, that one. I did see. I did see. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. There was that one RPO where they had Lad McConkey at the bottom of the screen with uh, Brock Bowers in front of him. He turns, you know, and then the ball snapped. You could throw it to him, but they handed it off up the middle for like seven yards. I'm like, well, just pick. The only thing I saw different was to see uh, James Cook and uh, Kenny Mack on, you know, bracketing the quarterback before the ball was snapped. That, I mean, well, they did do that once against Tennessee. I think. Yeah once against Tennessee because that was one of the ones we had on the YouTube thing with yeah. uh, that Dane and I did earlier in the week on the running game. But, yeah, like you said, I think it was very much a this is stuff we run all year. We're just going to keep running it and then obviously going to have a whole ton of success doing it. Yeah, the variation is who you who you have lining up, you know. And I, it was driving me a little crazy because even the official UGA roster could keep up with some of the numbers, you know. Yeah. And some guys I forgot were on the squad. I'm like, oh, Oh yeah, Jonathan Jefferson. Yeah, okay. Oh, I did not realize Dylan Fairchild was wearing that number. You know, hey, there's hey, Austin Blasky's back, and Austin's uh, played a good bit this year. But you know, fifty-five. Hey, a, yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, Dean. Marlon yeah. Dean looked very slim. He's like six foot nine. Yeah, I mean, but he is. A, he looked a lot slimmer than I think he's listed like two seventy-five. He's he, yeah, two seventy-five. My ass. <laughs> yeah, he looked like 250, 260. I'll tell you one guy, and I put it on Twitter. It looked MJ, like Alec Tree out there is what he looked like. Yeah. MJ Sherman. My God. Like, his arms are pythons. <laughs> Dude is a freak. Robert Beal looks good, too. We're Robert Beal looks good, but... yeah. Uh, but MJ Sherman, I, I was watching, I saw him on kickoff and punt return, and I was like, who is number eight? And I was like, I should know who this is. And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, my God, that's MJ Sherman. Yeah. I was like, whoa, he's he looks a little bit bigger. And yeah. he got to play some uh, a lot more on the outside later on in the game. And like Brent said, uh, Chambliss came in early. Chambliss is yeah, in like, like the first series. quarter. Yeah. yeah. First quarter, Chambliss was in there uh, kind of spelling Beal and, and uh, those guys. I think from a looking forward to the future perspective, this game, and it was one of the other things I wrote about, was your linebacking group. Because you got Walker and Tindall that are seniors, you know, that senior day, last game between the hedges, all that. Also likely the last game between the hedges for Nicobe Dean. So you, those three guys, key big-time players for you. And you got to see, to me, what almost carbon copies body-wise. Like Dumas Johnson is looks carbon copy almost like Nicobe, maybe yep. an inch taller. Uh, Sori and Munden are tall, lanky, a lot like uh, Quay Walker and then Tyndall like from a size speed perspective. So those three are like, that's your linebacking core next year. And I think you're going to be just fine. Yeah. You get Sorry hits, Davis back too. So. Sorry. Hit somebody in the mouth. Can't ran it. Uh, read that perfectly waited. And then hit, he, he uh, shot the gap and, and hit that guy right in the mouth for a loss uh, on that run play. That's when he got his shout out on TV. When I was hardly trying to not listen to those guys as much as possible, it was. I, that, it was yeah, rough. Justin Warren uh, McClendon killed a man. You know when he <laughs> pulled out, hit a guy thirty yards downfield. Justin Schaefer was dragging bodies. I mean, it was. I feel bad for Charleston Southern. I mean, you're you're out manned, you're out muscled, but and those guys aren't going to pull up to hit you. But it, it, you did see a lot of future guys out there. You got to see Devin Willett get a lot of snaps. You know, in their guard and. Um, Owen Condon back on the field. You know, to me, it's, it's it's one of those great days where those guys get work. I did want to, uh, Brent, give me your thoughts on the quarterback situation. To me, there was wasn't a whole lot there. It's just hand the ball off or run it. You know, but I, I didn't think. I mean, I, Stetson was very average, but 
both of them, but they just didn't, it was kind of one of those games where it was almost like even they were going through the motions. Like I bet his grade is right around like his PFF grade. I bet is right around 60, 62. Cause where, I mean, he had two touchdowns and he threw the ball sideways. Like there, you're not, that's a zero graded play. You're not going to get anything spe- special from a grading perspective for that. Uh, the throw to Washington was the one I was a little like, uh, come on, just give him a chance as opposed to trying to throw it in stride. That was just throw it, take some revolutions off and, and let him jump ball, go over top of somebody. Uh, but outside of that, it was just, it was very pedestrian. It looked like again, the one deep ball to uh, Adonai Mitchell where he kind of starts veering in ball goes out. I was like, okay, that's, that's a little, that looks a little off. Uh, yeah. But it just in general, it's, I did, it's, it's not one that I even care to <laughs> think much about. He's the guy. He's the guy moving forward. So that's no, that it is. wasn't. And, and you, you know, yeah, to me, then you know, they went right to uh, JT Daniels. What your thoughts on how he looked? I mean, everyone says you know the quarterbacks need to knock the rust off. To me, I'm like, that's we don't. The quarterbacks are the only ones that get that uh, kind of uh, uh, caveat. You know, yes. offensive lineman goes out there, defensive lineman, do your job. You know, exactly. But but then with like Don Blaylock getting in there, I was thought it was fantastic, and that's a guy who maybe does need to knock the rust off. But again, he hasn't played in like two years. You know, don't give me a guy who played last month. You know, who played a couple games ago. That guy doesn't need to knock the rust off. So. And JT was okay. Like it, it wasn't anything that did bad. It wasn't anything that did great. Uh, I did think the the throw to Meeks uh, that was a little forced. You could see that you could see the safety overhang kind of coming into there, trying to fit it into the tight window. Uh, actually, Beck's throw to Meeks on the sideline that let him go get it. I, I like that throw as, as much as any throw that was made in the whole game. Yeah. Because, you know, you let that guy give that outside shoulder, go make the play. Uh, that one was good. But JT, I, he, from a movement, I always just watch his movement and his legs and lower body. And his lower body looks pretty good and comfortable to me. And your thoughts on Beck? I mean, Beck had one pretty good play there, but then the fourth down play was just, uh, the yeah, that was bad. That was bad. And, Cause just throw that away. Just, I get, I get well, there's, if you, it's fourth down, there's only one place to me, you put that ball and that's in the corner pylon where it's like, okay, my guy just goes and outruns and dies for it or gets it. And that's it. Nobody else. Mm-hmm. But he kind of threw that across his body. That was one that was definitely not so great. Uh, but you know, other than that, not too bad, not, um, the one throw that Brock made. There's nobody behind him. The way he threw it, I'm like, that could have been a pick six the other way with only the quarterback able to stop him, you know. I'm just like, ah, you know, triple coverage. Uh, yeah. But again, the- I, I, I saw what he was seeing. He saw his guy breaking across. He thought, I can thread this needle. That's just tough, tough throw. The throw that Brock made, I was kind of like, that was just yeah, from a mechanics And from a mechanic yeah. standpoint, it didn't look like he drove into that much. Yeah. Uh, but – yeah, that was the only one he had. That's true. And that was almost a pick six, too. That was an easy pick six if uh, you're playing against somebody else in Charleston Southern. But, yeah. Bama's about to get put a hurt on Arkansas here again. Get yeah, rolling. Looks like, looks like the no. route's on. Looks like the route is on. 45 nothing right now if you're watching us instead of uh, NBC, Notre Dame over Georgia Tech at halftime. 45 nothing. I know these people are broke up about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Michigan, fourteen nothing over Maryland. The hopes alive there. Um, well, that Michigan against Ohio State, like Michigan does from a stylistic standpoint, 
the way they pound the ball, the way they control the clock, running game, all that. And then they have two big time edge rushers in Hutchinson and Hutchinson. Uh, 55. Uh, it starts with an O. I can't remember how you pronounce it, but like there's some things that Michigan has that could give Ohio State problem, but I think in in the end, Ohio State's gonna be too too powerful for them, too, too explosive. Well, Brent, we'll uh, let you roll out. We looks like we've got Trent Smallwood waiting in the wings. Uh, All right. So we will bring on him. And uh, Brent, have a good awesome. rest of your night. And we'll look Appreciate forward it. to the first Film Don't Lie uh, coming out over on UJSports.com and on YouTube as well now. So That's right. We're going yeah. to start, start doing those on video more, uh, more exclusively. Are, those are badass, folks. Be sure to check those out when you get a chance. All right. Appreciate, Appreciate it. See you, Brent. guys. See you, man. Trent Smallwood, the man, the myth, the legend, joining us from his basement, the cellar dweller. What's going on? What's going on, guys? 56 to 7, Trent. Uh, I think you were able to take your kid, had a good time. Was it just as enjoyable in person as it was on TV? Because it was rough on TV, my man. The, the announcers were not great. I left about... Uh... In the third quarter, sometime, but I, the I did enjoy seeing George Pickens running routes before the game. That was pretty. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just to see him back. I mean, he was in with the the offense. He they were. I mean, he was doing everything the team was doing. Uh, he was out there cutting. Uh, I mean, he looked good. But uh, I mean, as far as the game, I mean, it was a. I mean, uh, the, <laughs> it wasn't much to take from it. I, mean, I, I think Georgia was pretty much a dominant team. It was pretty impressive to see Zeus hit that corner, and you see how much faster he is. And then, then that you know, you, you don't understand the the talent gap there until you see something like that, where he hit the corner and kind of ran away from uh, Charleston Southern secondary. But uh, overall, I thought uh, you know Georgia came out and did what they were supposed to. Uh, you know, you kind of hear people in the stands when you go to said it wasn't like this a couple of years ago. Games like this, it would be 21-7 at half, and you'd you'd still be worrying. But Yeah, you know, you're right. Georgia's out taking care of business and doing exactly what they need to be doing. Everybody on Twitter, Trent, said that the stadium was extremely loud when Jordan Davis scored that touchdown. <laughs> How loud was it uh, Was it in there? It it was loud when they the, – the, on his first carry – but yeah. when they went to the set carry and they saw them motion the same way and move Jordan Davis to the backfield, the, the place, it got electric. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely loud. It's probably the loudest part of the day. Yeah, I can only, yeah, there wasn't much more to be loud about. The uh, The only thing other, other crazy play was Charleston Southern seven points. I don't know if you were still there or not, Trent, when that happened, but uh, uh, <laughs> that was absolutely wild. I was trying to figure out what happened because I saw the the bat yes. and the pick. Then all of a sudden, the guys run another way, and that. Yes. Yeah, so I, basically, um, who got that interception? Who was it? Was it Sorry? Uh, no, it was Sorry. Yeah, it was Sorry. He came down with it. He starts to run. Next thing you know, the wide receiver just comes up and like snatches it out of his hands real quick and takes off. Nobody really knows what's going on. And next thing you know, he's running for a touchdown. And I think it was uh, – it might have been LC or th- – it was either uh, Lavosier Carell or Kamari Lasser. is one of those. It was 12 or 13, trying to chase them down. They just couldn't get there. And so Charleston Southern scored. And they were saying something on TV 
I know neither one of you guys heard this because Roddy, you were doing the show and you were at the stadium trim, but they were saying something about how this score is not going to go against the defense in some weird way. They were trying to explain it again. These guys, these this broadcasting crew, we we were on the SEC network plus 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 like crew, right? They were saying something along the lines of how it wasn't going to go against the defensive numbers. We'll have to ask Dave McMahon or Pat. But and then they went back on that at the end of the game. They were like, but this still still count, you know, against Georgia's total points given up. And I'm just like, what the hell are you talking? I don't understand. Right? Yeah, I mean, so, total points is total points, but it's you know, it's not the it counts against their score in defense, but it's not a yeah. score against the defense. So yeah, so yeah. that's 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 what it was. But then they just couldn't. Make I guess the idea out. is once the interceptions have been made, then the eleven guys on the field are now offense. They have the ball. Correct. You know. So if it gets stripped away from them, then it's almost like that is a defensive score for Charleston Southern, you know, because then you're, technically their 11 guys are defense because they're trying to bring the guy down. So even though it was their offense that scored it, it would probably be counted as a defensive score for Charleston Southern. Yeah, it was. Either way, you still, I mean, I think the average was 7.6 a game or something like that. Yeah. Held yep. them at seven, so you keep them under your average. Although it would have been nice to go zero, and then you would have been able to, Say so take the total number of points scored and divide it by eleven games instead of ten games. But I, I wonder what the the lowest. I mean, when's the last time somebody had seven points a game through twelve games? Who probably been, that's been a while. I would imagine that would be. Hey, where's, where's our man Dash? I mean, Dave. Uh, Dave with the stats. I know. Where is Dave? He. What you got on the screen for us here, Roddy? While you've got this pulled no, up, was, looks like was, some. Uh, no, I'm just, while, while y'all are while y'all are talking a bunch of bullshit, I'm just going through and looking at bait cartridges and uh, hemp sticks and liniment salves and stuff like that. Uh, it's our friends over at uh, Rogue Apothecary. They are uh, our newest sponsor of the post game overreaction show. Uh, they sell uh, hemp products, herbs, tinctures, topicals, stuff like that. Uh, one of the main reasons we brought them on is not so much for their uh, Delta Eight and stuff like that, but you know they do have some. Um, stuff that's really good for anti-inflammatory type stuff. And I was looking at their uh, life essence CBD liniment. This is uh, a lot of folks at our uh, Texas site swear by this stuff. And it's not, you know, they're not getting paid to do it. These are people who have bought it from Rogue Apothecary, then go on Orange Bloods and say, this stuff saves my life. This stuff has been fantastic. This stuff has done wonders for me. You know, and you basically have a disabled vet, you know, guys that used to play uh, college football and, Went into the military, did a you know uh, tours in Iraq, got banged up over there, came back and uh, couldn't quite find something to help him get healed, and then found out about CBD and just absolutely swears by it. I was a little hesitant. I'm like, I don't know if CBD works, but I didn't want to be the one judging for our customers. I mean, our readers and stuff. So I said, look, we'll put it out there and see. And so far, uh, the reception has been fantastic. So just want to let everybody know about Rogue Apothecary. We appreciate them sponsoring our show. And if you go to the dog vent, uh, they but once a week, once every other week, they will have a special going on. So the guy does a great job, and uh, we want to thank them for sponsoring our post-game overreaction show. Appreciate it, Rogue. And uh, if you need your stuff, hit them up. Got a cool comment here, Roddy. Yeah. When UGA scored, Sanford went nuts, bought tickets from a season ticket holder on UGASports.com. If you guys don't know, we have that uh, dog trade over there. It was my son's first game. Good memories. Seeing 99 in the end zone made it worth every penny. Glad you guys got to enjoy it, BKUGA, and glad you are a subscriber to UGASports.com and also to our YouTube page. So 
Yeah, oh, we, hit be, 20, we hit twenty thousand. We hit twenty thousand guys. 20,000 20, subscribers to the YouTube page. That's big. Uh, just a quick note, folks. Be sure if you're on the dog trade and you're buying tickets and parking passes and uh, uh, box seats and all that stuff. With the SEC championship coming up and playoff games and hopefully a national title game, don't just buy tickets from anybody you see over there. It's not unheard of for somebody to make a fake account, buy a subscription to UJ Sports, go over there and say. Hey, I'm dog fan 98. You know, I've got tickets, you know, for the title game for, you know, $2,000 for 10 tickets or something like that. And all of a sudden they want, you know, they sound really good. Be sure that when you click on their name, that they've been there a long time, that they've been an active member of the site, you know, just be a little suspicious. We, we don't know who they are, so we can't just kick people off on the suspicion that they may or may not, uh, uh, be a scam artist but just and it's, it's, it's same with rivals the same in any website the more pricey the tickets get the more it draws out some absolute dirt bags so just be sure that if you're like bkuga you buy tickets from somebody on the board that you know or trust or has you know other people can vouch for them or they've been a member of the site for a while they've got a lot of comments they're not just their first post wasn't hey i want to sell two thousand dollars worth of tickets yeah Exactly. Uh, bring up the, let's see if I can add this in here. Bring this up. See if we can. Oh man, I didn't thought about the stats. Yeah. Let's get the stats up here. Is, you want to go that? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, no, go back where you add it. It's bigger. Yeah, let's go. It's bigger that way. Here's Georgia on the defensive side of the ball. Again, you see his name up there. Dumas Johnson, six total tackles. Uh, Brent mentioned him. I think he starts at line middle linebacker next year. Uh, a lot pick six earlier this year. This just so you know, Roddy, this PFF report card tomorrow is going to take me six hours um, with the amount of guys that played in this damn game. So, uh, hey, and Trent's uh, snap count is going to be fun too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going to take forever. There, there was uh, numbers out there that I didn't even know Georgia had numbers to players. I didn't even. I'm well, saying, some of them weren't even updated on. I had the official roster. I went into it. I'm like, okay, there's we're gonna see some numbers, and we're we're going. Who the hell's 92? Yeah, yeah. It's Julian Rochester. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea. He was five, but no, Keely Ringo's five. You know, I'm like, oh. Well, but, I know Don Don Blaylock came in on punt return, had a different jersey on. And the next time he got penalized for it because they wore two number eights. But uh, that time he didn't change uh, – he changed jerseys the first time. So he was like number 83 or something. I said, who is that? Who, I mean, yeah. yeah. They had somebody else uh, – who was is, who is 87? He had two knee braces on going back to return a punt. Who was 87? Yeah, that was a walk-on. Um, I can't remember what his name was. but I just saw him and I was like, is that Tyler Simmons? Is he back? <laughs> is, you know, <laughs> he was on sides. Well, I'm like, yeah, he's on size right there. He's got two knee braces. It makes sense. He's a little older now. I had no idea who that was. Uh, but none of these names up at the top of the list are your normal names because, obviously, Georgia's first team got in and out pretty fast. Uh, Javon Bullard with six tackles. Munden with four. Four for Lasseter. Three for Elsie. Uh, Elsie had a pretty bad uh, pass interference call on him. Just didn't turn his head around. But at the same time, that was the first time I want to say he's been in the game at defensive back because he was recruited as a running back. That was the first time I saw him on the field as a defensive back. Trent, correct me if I'm wrong with the participation uh, chart, but I want to say that was the first time he was in the game. Yeah. 
in that capacity. He might he might be on punt return or something like that, but actually playing at defensive back. Yeah, that no, was the I, first time. No, I think he played. Uh, is it game two? Um, he but did. Okay. I think I think it's been since then. He's played. Uh, I thought Jefferson. I thought William Poole. I thought William Poole looked good at nickel. Yes, um, I was going to say. It, his his stats are not uh you know mind boggling, but I thought he blew up a screen one time that allowed Dan Jackson to come in and get a big hit, and um you know I thought I thought he played good. He had an open field tackle too. That's pretty good. He yeah. did. They brought him in very quickly when uh when Brady got that defense pass interference or her defensive holding. Yeah, Brady is definitely on a. If there's anything to learn from these last two games, he is definitely on a short leash, and they are not afraid to uh, pull him out if if necessary. Oh, that's not his normal position. I mean, he's been there for the year, but remember, this guy has spent three years learning to be a safety. Yeah, and he's great. At, he's great against the run. It's against the pass that uh, he has a little trouble with, yeah. and that's and, and what's that, coming up. Right, and that's why I'm. Uh, you know, earlier in the year, I said, "Look, Georgia has some issues that the coaches are worried about." And I'm, I'm not going to. You know, we didn't go stick him in a column or write, write about him all the time, but I did mention Georgia's secondary is a mishmash. You've got a transfer from Clemson. You got a uh, redshirt freshman that's never played. Uh, you've got, you know, Lewisine on the back end who's really good, but you've got a new star. He only played it in the uh, Peach Bowl. He never played before. Then you got, you know, William Poole, Amir Speed, uh, Chris, Chris Smith. Smith. Yeah. These are guys that, you know, were beat out for many years prior. They're, I mean, they're good, but they're not, they're not, uh, Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell, guys like that. You know, these aren't, you know, this isn't a Richard LeCount, you know, who's starting by his sophomore year. So, but, you know, they've matured and they've gotten better. And Latavius Brandy has knocked down some big passes. Chris Smith has had some huge games, you know. Some guys mature later in the process. But I said, you know, when you're moving all these guys around early in the year, you might get torched. That's one of the reasons, I, that's what I thought was going to happen at Clemson. I'm like, you're not going to be able to attack Georgia's front seven but they're going to pick apart the secondary. I thought DJ Ongalele was going to be a lot better and he'd have time to throw. It turned out that didn't happen. But I said, look, be patient because by the end of the year, the secondary is going to be fantastic or at least be a lot better. Part of that's happened. They have gotten better, but they are still susceptible from the star and the safety spots through the air. And you saw uh, Tillman of Tennessee get 200 yards on them. You saw Van of South Carolina get some big hits. Tennessee actually dropped some big passes, you know, Auburn dropped passes. Demetrius Robertson dropped three or four. You know, if you hit a team like uh, Alabama with uh, uh, Minchie, he's not going to drop a whole lot. Uh, Jamison, he's not going to drop a whole lot. Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State's not going to drop any. That's when you got to be a little bit nervous about the teams they're going to face down the road at secondary. And, you know, they're going to look at the tape and go, okay, we're going to attack the star. You know, we're going right after him. And because they're not only is. Latavius a little susceptible in the passing game, but he's also you're also thin there. Yep. You know, you yep. don't have a lot of guys you can move there. You've basically got one. You know, the guy you brought in as a transfer has got a torn ACL. So uh this is why you, you everyone's like, oh, Georgia's defense will be fine. Your defensive front seven will be fine. But that's not all the defense, you know. And yeah, Bryce Young can't throw it. He can't attack your corner, you know, or your star. He can't attack your uh safeties if he's flat on his back, but you know, you better hope you get him on his back every time. 10-7. Oh, Arkansas scored? Yep. Let's go, Hogs. Uh-oh, uh -oh, come on, Sam Pittman. Turn the jukebox oh, on. Man, I love Sam Pittman. If he got a win like that. Holy you God. know, I, I, I didn't get to see much of him, but I heard uh, uh, 
Ingram Dawkins over the radio that he yes. was uh, playing pretty good on defense line. Yes, I, I really like Ingram Dawkins. I think he's going to take a big step next year when all those guys are gone. Dude, he and uh, uh, Jonathan Jefferson side by side. That was that really felt like a look into the future. Yes. Now, Ingram Dawkins. Oh, and uh, Nazir Stackhouse, who was out there like before those guys. I'm like, yeah, you're losing again. We mentioned it earlier in the week. There are only two guaranteed starters or two starters who are guaranteed to come back next year on Georgia's defense. This is how much attrition and uh, flights in the NFL you can have. You basically get Jalen Carter back and Keely Ringo. Kobe Dean could be gone. You know, Jordan Davis is gone. Yeah. uh, Channing Tindall's gone. You know, uh, Quay Walker, gone. Nolan Smith could go. Trevor Walker, Trayvon Walker could go. I mean, Lewisine. Lewisine could leave. Chris Smith graduates. Latavius Brini graduates. uh, Darren Kendrick's gone. Julian Rochester lost his 17th year of LA. Yeah, Julian Rochester. Eventually, you have to kick him out. No, he no, he's he's gonna he, come back. He's gonna I'm come back. He's, he's gonna be the a old man in the club. He can't like come that. back in no more. No Look, more. I, he walked senior night. I said this has got to be the twelfth senior night he's walked. <laughs> well, he, he has to get a ball for everybody in his family. You know, <laughs> everybody wants one of those uh, signed balls. You know, mama got one. Now dad got one. Brother wants one. So, you know, guys like that. But when you're looking at okay, who's gonna replace him? And you mentioned seeing those inside linebackers. You know, seeing Javon Bullard out there, where it's number two on the team in tackles today. Smile mm-hmm. Munden, that is a fast guy, you know. But I, I saw uh, when he saw Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins out there, Tymone Mitchell, Bill Norton. Uh, it's like, so okay. You, so you got Stackhouse, you got Lowe. Well, Stackhouse, mean, you got, you Stackhouse is your guy. I'm, yeah. Warren Brinson. Warren Brinson looked player, good. So. I mean, yeah, you, you've got guys, and I think, you know, you're going to reload. Yeah, yeah, if Georgia wins the national championship this year, I don't, I don't think fans really care what comes back next year but this is how alabama does it every year they reload you know they lose eight nine guys on offense or eight nine guys on defense and then next thing you know they're back and they're yeah they're not as great as the year before but they're still good you know and that's what georgia is getting at now with their recruiting so where you've got guys like a sorry a five-star prospect uh london a five-star guy you know these guys just waiting in the wings ready to go um, beyond creative. They say the best college football has been the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. Look at their scores. We have been better. In, in an era which allows you to score a lot easier. Yeah. Pass interference is the uh, easiest thing to get these days. And you toss like. guys left and right for targeting. Yeah, oh, yeah. Receiving-wise, tw- 12 receivers got a reception a day, 20 receptions total, four touchdowns, two to Bowers, one to old uh, Brett's – how do you say his last name? Scyther. I was going to say Seether. So, all right. Scyther. Uh, got, Brett. I think that's his. Yeah. Congrats, Brett. Brett. <laughs> yeah. He got his first touchdown of his career. That's uh, and awesome. then Kenny, Kenny Mack got himself another uh, receiving touchdown. Uh, as far as rushing attack, four touchdowns on the ground as well. I'm highlighting the one Jordan Davis touchdown, but you also got one from uh, Edwards, another one from Cook. And then, like Trent said, that Zamir one was probably the one play where what, what was that was that the yeah it was 21 nothing and then georgia scored again at 28 nothing i had to, to explain to my wife that there are programs that get paid to come play in these games because she was like i feel so bad for this other team what's going on and i'm like calm down they're getting paid to come play this game you know it, this is this is the talent gap she's like oh okay is that why you had to buy it on this 
app and i'm like yeah you know they're not putting this on cbs so right um, right up from where we were sitting the uh the quarterback for charleston southern his parents are sitting right there and uh i mean they were they were ecstatic before the game but it kind of went down as the game went like they were just praying for his safety uh <laughs> yeah as the game went you know I, I think the cool thing is though for a lot of those guys and is that they got to play in front of 92,000 fans, something oh. that, you know, they, they never would have kind been of. able to. Uh, was, there, was there not 92,000 there? What, what, no, about it, 80, 85? It, it was probably about, close to 80. But but yeah. they can, they, we talked about this on the watch along. They get to say, we played, we went toe-to-toe with the number one team in the nation. You know, I tackled, you know, Zamir White, you know. Yep. Hey, we I'm tied. not going to pass down that was going to uh, Javon Wim. I mean, Javon Wims. Uh, Javon Wims. Yeah. I'd like to pass down that was going to uh, uh, Brock Bowers. You know, I, I defended that. Remember, there was one, the kid knocked the pass down in the end zone, jumps up like no fly zone. It's like, it's yeah. 42 to nothing. And you're giving him the no fly zone thing, you know. But, hey, he did it, you know. Yeah. He, he defended the, guy, the pass. The guy intercepted the mailman. Yeah, I intercepted the mailman. Absolutely, you know. <laughs> hey, remember I took that intercepted the pass in the end zone from Carson back. You know, kept them out of the end zone. I stopped Georgia from scoring. Yeah, I stripped the guy uh, after <laughs> yeah, he <score. laughs> and, and I stripped and scored, and then got an unsportsmanlike penalty after it. <laughs> and you know, and and the cool thing is, uh, they were seven. If you're if you're an optimist, which I'm sure their coach is. You're going back into the locker room and saying, "Hey guys, it was seven to seven in the second half. You crushed it." Yeah, it, it doesn't have to. He doesn't have to say against Georgia's third string. He doesn't we have covered. to put that part. <laughs> yeah, we covered. Um, we've got some, we've got somebody uh, in the chat. If you go to, to the top, does that, does that say Georgia had close to 200 yards rushing in the first quarter? Go up. Oh, let me get back up there. Let's see. First 171. quarter. Yeah, 171 rush yards in the first quarter. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. UGA stats. And it, it wasn't one guy either. I mean, 251 yards, but it was spread out. I mean, that's receiving. Never mind. It still, it still wasn't with just one guy. Zamir had 83, but I mean, it wasn't one guy with 150 or anything like that crazy. 40. See, has to be- that just shows Georgia's offense is terrible. They can't run the ball. No, no rusher had over hundred yards against Charleston Southern. I think Ooh. the two, the two 40 yard rushes have to be their longest or, I know 40 yard for Zeus is as long as of the season. That one from Cook was beautiful. Dude, I think the one I think the one from Zamir was even better. I mean, because he turned everybody. Yeah, he turned on the Jets when he got around that corner. He's slow, remember? Yeah. And you know, wasn't slow on that play though. No, he was not. So basically they had what 251 yards passing, 233 yards rushing. Yeah, so a total of uh which is 230 or 251 yards they shouldn't have had. To me, I would have run the ball every damn play. <laughs> Why? I mean, so nobody you, gets hurt. That game, the so the first quarter, just so you guys know, lasted 54 minutes. First oh, quarter it was, was the longest first quarter I've ever been to. Yeah, because uh, what? Well, because Georgia would score, they would go and, to commercial, and they would throw back. three passes, and it would be yeah. all be incomplete. Yeah, three passes from Charleston Southern, commercial, and then it would come back. Georgia would score, commercial, and I'm sitting there, I'm like. Damn, this feels like a long time. And That's somebody tweeted, "Keep the ball on the ground, mandatory." Everybody out. Fifty-four uh, minute first quarter. Luckily, the game sped up in the second half, and 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 even in the second quarter, really for the most part. But first quarter was like, whew, 
28 nothing and there was I felt bad for Charles and Southern man I did I did um, the good thing is those guys came up and they gave Georgia a game and everybody gets to go in and really enjoy it you know uh, nobody got injured which is the biggest thing and you give out the you know we mentioned the news we had a lot of people asking about what's up with Chris Smith uh, he didn't play today uh, we broke the news on the dog vent and on the show that uh, he does have a knee issue. Apparently Kirby Smart confirmed that. Let me go back and find out what Kirby Smart said. So uh, Kirby Smart said Nolan Smith, you know, who has an elbow injury that he suffered against uh, Tennessee last week. Uh, he probably could have played today. He should be fine for next week, which is big news and matches what we were broke on the post game over reaction show last week. We told you what was up with Nolan Smith when no one else knew. We told you here what was going on. And Kirby Smart said Chris Smith's knee buckled during practice, um, which we said that he had a knee issue and he should be fine. And Kirby Smart said the exact same thing, said it should be okay for next week. So next week with this defense, you get Nolan Smith back, which is huge, and Chris Smith, also huge, uh, against Tech, who are not good, who are getting their yeah, teeth kicked in. The... But again, those guys – and honestly, I wouldn't play either one of them next week. You don't have to. Yeah, I'm like, nope, no, no sense in it. You guys, just like uh, Jamari Sawyer, you know, Jamari Sawyer's missed the last two weeks. I wouldn't put Jamari Sawyer out there. Again, maybe that whole thing about getting the rust off. I'm like, look, you don't need to. Um, just be 100% healthy. You look how slowly they brought back Dominic Blaylock. You know, they brought him back so slow. Well, part of it, he did have setbacks too. You know, yeah. Part of it, but again, and right now, uh, George Pickens. So what the, uh, Kirby Smart also addressed George Pickens. He says uh, George Pickens is still not cleared yet, despite dressing out. Really? Uh, there, there are still some tests he needs to pass, and that's what we have reported. We have reported repeatedly George Pickens is not cleared for contact yet. Now, is he contacting in practice? Probably. He he, he, he could be in a black jersey. It doesn't mean he's not going to drop his shoulder and run into somebody, but he's just not cleared yet. But he's closer. So you get him out there. We saw him travel. Then you saw him dress out for warm-ups. Now you see yes. him dress out. I talked about this with Dane earlier. They did the same thing with Blaylock, but yep. Blaylock was a week ahead. So if you're going off the Blaylock uh, timeline, then Pickens would be back next week. I don't, obviously, they're, they're two separate things. But if you're going off the whole he dressed and then he dressed and practiced and then he dressed fully and practiced and you know, now he played two plays – Pickens would play two plays next week, and it would be like the weirdest thing in the world, right? Because they both hope he don't throw thing. a punch. Hey, <laughs> why not? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, there's anybody that's maybe a hothead, you know, who's a little uh, quick to anger. I don't, I don't let them go play tech next week. Nope, nope, nope. I don't, I don't need you getting mad. And second half, yeah. yeah. Oh God, could you imagine? Jordan Davis getting hit with a target penalty or something like that in the, in the second half of the game when it's 35 to nothing and it's their last drive. Oh, boy. He just tweeted out, what a day. Much love to the team, Dog Nation, and especially the Redcoats for making today extra special. I love y'all. That guy's going to be loved in Athens for the rest of his life. Yep. Never had to pay for a meal or yeah, two. Especially when he wins the title. Yeah. What were you about to say, Trent? No, I said, what would Kirby say about that? They're undisciplined. No. <laughs> That's another touchdown for Arkansas? Is it? What's the score? 17-14. Alabama scored, apparently, too. Oh. The, oh, yeah. Are you, worried, are you worried about Ohio State, Trent? Did we talk to you about Ohio State yet? I didn't see any of the game, so I have no clue what happened. But 
Uh, I mean, 49, it was 49 nothing when I looked, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah. What about I mean, uh, Alabama's defense just getting torched? Yeah, I saw that in your your reflection there. You Sam Pittman, man. I'm telling you, that dude's got a lifetime contract in Arkansas as long as he wants to stay there. They they would never get rid of that guy after uh, this season. Still got to win. Yeah, but I think he will. I think he will. Your infamous hater is back in the chat, Roddy. He's hating on you. Um. Wait, the guy, the guy whose parents aren't married? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know, man. Uh, well, Wake, that's what his mom told me. <laughs> Wake Forest. <laughs> See, I'm not seeing him anymore. So, I just... Wake. Uh, another. So, <laughs> as we've talked about, um, Wake Forest is another team that had an outside chance at the playoffs. They're a one-loss team. Lost today to Clemson, 48-27, so that knocks them out. Helps again with Georgia's chances, just in case, you know, one loss. I'm just saying, you're, you're starting to see these teams get knocked out to where even if Georgia loses that SEC championship game, they still can still can stay in it. There's only like, I want to say, not even, there's like seven teams, I think, but two of them have to play each other. Michigan and Ohio State have to play each other. That's right. six. And, and Oklahoma then, State's one of them, too. Yeah, so I mean, there's not many that are that are left. Uh, so around the league, Cincinnati is winning against SMU. For some reason, people thought since this was a trap game for Cincinnati, Cincinnati's twenty nothing, twenty two zero over uh, SMU with ten minutes to go in the second quarter. So that, like they sprung the trap early. When you yeah. when you have nobody on your schedule, you shouldn't have a yeah. trap game. Yeah, it's Cincinnati's remaining schedule. Uh, does not look that tough either. They have after this, they have the rough and tough East Carolina. East Carolina University is their last game. That'll Pirates. be on ABC, guys, at three thirty, just in case. They're gonna Go be a three thirty ABC game. Yeah, that's their last game, and then they will be undefeated. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, hmm? Did we lose Paul there? It's <laughs> a good pose, Paul. Yeah. Paul's internet's about as good as his uh, uh, commentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just so mean. I don't know. Just going through the comments here. Um, Bama's getting a lot of help here. The refs took the score back from Hamwich. Oh, I know Hamwich. Another one of our um, good uh, posters. Appreciate that. It's, it's first and goal at the one, though. Now, let's, let's see him pop it in there. Um, yeah, I thought it was crazy that uh, it was 56 to 7 for both games. Ohio State <laughs> takes it to Mississippi, uh, Michigan State 56 7, and then Georgia wins 56 7 over Charleston Southern. So basically, uh, I think Georgia could have scored a lot more had they wanted to, but what a resounding win for Iowa State. That's just kind of uh, mind-boggling the two scores. Because we're kind of joking early on when both of them were up by like 42 to nothing. We're like, oh, I don't know. Who's going to score more points? The exact same scores. is kind of creepy. What's kind of – I mean, what's bad about it is, you know, there was those Mel Tucker uh, contract extension talks all week too to go along yeah. with. I hope, signed that, I hope he signed that contract. <laughs> I hope he signed that thing. 
sign it uh, before the game. And yeah. but if you're the AD, you're like, hey, we're gonna wait until you've played a real team. I mean, yeah, you beat Michigan, but you didn't meet anybody prior to that. Do you do you think he already signed it or I would did he so. sign that? Or was it kind of contingent? Was it like, hey, here's what we're offering you? I don't know. That's a lot of money, first and foremost. They, they be, well, here's the thing. They better just go ahead and give it to him anyway, because if not, he he will bolt. I'm, I'm, yeah. well, I shouldn't say that, but, I mean, he is going to be – if Michigan State wants to stay with the big boys and pay big boy money, because if you let him go, you're still going to have to – if you want somebody as good as he is, you're going to have to spend that kind of money anyway to hire him. Yeah. We see this all the time. Well, let's fire our coach and go get somebody. And they fire the coach and they go, we're going to go get Dabo. And Clemson's like, well, no, because whatever, whatever you think you and your – uh, alumni and donors, everything can afford. Alabama's going to match it. Clemson's going to match it. LSU's going to match it. You know, Georgia's going to match it. You know, Kirby Smart's going to be the one of the top paid coaches in the nation. You can fire your head coach at LSU, come out to Kirby, throw out crazy numbers. Georgia's going to match it. You know, you just can't, even if you are a blue blood, you're not just going to be able to go and uh, poach somebody who's good, you know, because now, a lot of these other teams that you'd be able to hire guys away from are stepping up to the plate with the money. What do you think Kirby ends up at after this year? He's at seven million right now. I think he'll be a ten million a year guy. Yeah, if he wins a title, in other words, you're going to have. There is no upper limit on this. You know, we're seeing uh, offensive and defensive coordinators making two, three million dollars. You know, I, I can definitely see. Uh, a $10 million a year deal out there. So wouldn't shock me. I guess that's with winning the, I would, yeah, I don't even think he has to win the title to get. The I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Yeah. He's at seven million. Thing, this isn't, I mentioned in their columnist, this isn't your one bite at the apple. Yeah. You lose a bunch of these guys on defense, but look who your offense is going to be better next year. Your offensive line will be better. You know, you've got some talented wide receivers coming. Brock Ooh. Bowers is still going to be there. Darnell Washington is still going to be there. You could have Stetson Stetson running, Roderick Jones, you know. We could have Stetson running out for his uh, joy in Rochester seventh year. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Stetson's going to be their third-year guy, man. I mean, yeah. he did well, run I mean out Stetson for, might transfer. He know? did run out. He's going to play bad. somewhere. That was in my call. But, you know, it's yeah. a, he would say he sticks around or JT Daniels sticks around. JT has missed so much of the year. Maybe he doesn't go pro. Um, I don't. It would be a bad idea for him to go. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, no. no. So he sticks around, and now you've got a healthy Jermaine Burton, a healthy Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, and a you know healthy Arian Smith. All of a sudden, maybe your offense is your powerhouse, and you're kind of reloading on the defense. You, your schedule's not going to be uh, too insane. So all of a sudden, in other words, you're getting your rarefied. This isn't a all or nothing shot. So if you want to continue that great recruiting and you want to continue being in the playoff talk and being ranked number one and stuff like that, you got to keep the man that's doing it. He's going to have to reload with some position coaches. Yeah. Some guys are going to get hired away. But, uh, you know, if Jimbo Fisher, you see what's happening, people go looking for him, and then Texas A&M steps up and gives him ridiculous amounts of money, which and they all share the same uh, – uh, Jimmy Sexton, agent. Jimmy's like, hey, you know, my client over here is getting nine million dollars a year, and you you're only paying my other client seven. Well, my other client, you know, the second client beat the first client head to head, and he's been out recruiting him. Yeah, I got a third person. There's another person over here that's looking at my second client. Yeah, know? how weird is that? That's got to be so weird. You're like trying to hire a guy, and you're like, all right, well, all right, let me call. 
hey, we're going to fire this guy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm the agent for him. Yeah, all right. Uh, but I got, yeah, you want that other guy? Yeah, I got him too. All right, cool. Yeah. He's, just make, he's, just, he's just like making his own deals. He like prints it out on one pre and he puts it on the other side. It's like, all right, here we go. Yep, signs this side. I don't know. That guy's, you want to talk about coaching searches and, and knowing what's going on. Jimmy Sexton knows everything that's going on in the SEC. He knows what he knows who's getting fired this season. Yeah. And here's the thing I want people to understand that uh, a lot of times when the news comes out that a guy's fired or is going to be fired, we're, we're thinking he's got to win these last three games. <laughs> uh, I, I, this is my theory and I won't mention how I know it, but I did not expect after the uh, last year, Mark Rick, when he lost to Florida, the writing was on the wall then. Yeah. And again, it's not like you reach out to Mark and ask him, you know, but Miami knew in October that he wasn't coming back and he was hired in Miami shortly thereafter. Just saying this stuff is done well ahead. Uh, I think it's not always the, and those coaches and even the agents sometimes would say, look, we had no idea that this was going to happen, but people in your camp did and people in your camp were working, you know, and it's the, when I say camp, the schools, you know, this stuff's going on way in advance. So, what about that news that came out this week? I think uh, Mary Beth Smart got on nine sixty the ref and said that the South Carolina AD was in their living room the day Mark Rick got fired. Ray Tanner was there trying to hire him. That's yep. pretty weird, right? It's something we never heard. Well, hey, they needed they needed a well. That was a lot of people speculated that one of the reasons. Uh, Georgia moves so fast. Pulled the remember because they they finished out the game with a win or finished out the season with a win. Went to the bowl game to get that tenth win, you know, which he wasn't there for. But so he beats Georgia Tech, right? And then that night flies to Washington State and tweets out a picture the next morning of him and uh, Jacob Eason sitting together or something or a picture. I don't even could he yeah, tweet it, was, it then? Yeah, it was something weird. Yeah, I, I don't know who sent it out, but I remember. Or maybe that, yes. Eason did, you know, he yeah. a picture of him. Because, you know, they can send out, hey, look who's at my house. So, I mean, he hit that red-eye flight to Washington to show, hey, I've still got this, you know, five-star quarterback coming in. And uh, what, 24 hours, 48 hours, the, the, he was fired. Yeah. Because a lot of people speculate the reason they did it when they did it was because knew that Kirby was about to be hired by South Carolina, and they that was their guy. And remember, we did a bunch of hot boards for potential coaches, but we told you from the beginning the number one guy is Kirby Smart. And a few days later, we said, look, it is a 95, 99, whatever we said, 97% percent deal that he's going to be the next head coach at Georgia. Uh, but we were just waiting to hear that he had signed the deal, you know. And then somebody broke it. Uh, Kirby Smart, the next head coach, if everything goes according to plan. <laughs> now, you don't get to report shit like that. Come on. You know, it's like, is he or is he not? So, uh, but again, you're right. That was, uh, and it, it wasn't just everybody knew that Kirby Smart was the number one guy on it because they'd gone after him and everybody knew that yeah. that was the one place that he wanted to come back to was Georgia. He was, gonna hold, he was holding out for a big school. And that's what happened with Dan Lanning or Todd Munkin. You know, do, do you take a, uh, a Georgia Southern job? No. You know, uh, would you take a Florida? Would you take a Virginia Tech? You know, USC, something like that? Maybe. But, I mean, he, Dan Lanning probably could have taken Memphis last year. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's like, God, Memphis is good, but you stick around. 
you can get something better. Yeah, he's so. going to be one of the hottest names on the coaching board, I think, Absolutely. this year. Absolutely. Um, once, once, yeah, once you get past like James Franklin, who is, I feel like his name's there every year for whatever reason. James Franklin to LSU, James Franklin to USC. It's just every year, whichever job pops up, you're like James Franklin. And it's like, what? I don't yeah. know. Once you get past that name, Dan Lanning's going to be right there. He's going to be close. Yep. Absolutely. Probably something to do with Jimmy Sexton. <laughs> you would imagine, right? You would think. <laughs> he, does, he does. Moving forward to tech, guys. Um, anything to worry about with tech? And just injuries again, right? I, I, know, I know it's weird, but – them trying to throw one of your players through a wall. Yeah. Chop blocking the wrong guy. I mean, they have nothing. They're not bowl eligible. I think you gotta really... you gotta go into that game and, and get your core guys out, try to get the score up, get core guys out by halftime, because if something does happen, you avoid that target in the second half where you would miss the uh first half of the SEC championship. That's why I said don't take anybody that's a hothead. You don't you even let them, don't even let them go down there. So. And watch out for the refs. <laughs> low elo Joe. Yep. I, I would be worried about the uh, referees in that game going, oh, well, that's targeting. He's out the first Yeah, game. yeah. You know, Some Alabama fans referee in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Throws out uh, Jordan Davis right there in the second half. The, I like this. James Franklin is the best slightly above average coach of all time. It's, it's the whole, that is 100% true. That is 100% true. His name gets mentioned more than anybody else. For what reason? No idea. I, re I really want to see he and Todd Grantham go at it up at Vanderbilt. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, the, those two guys just made more money off I, of being average than – Being tough any, guys. I Yeah. One day, James Franklin's going to get a job, hands. and he, he's going to hire Grantham as defense coordinator. And it's just going to come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. I absolutely love that. Wrapping up, though, 56-7 to against Charleston Southern. We knew it was going to be a blowout. Georgia put up 49 points in the first half. It's the most points that they've put up in a half since 1950. Uh, so – 56-7, to seven. would have liked to have seen Georgia move the ball a little bit more on offense in the second half. Didn't have to, though. And the seven points for Charleston Southern came off of a weird play that you're probably not going to see ever again. So, overall, 56-7. Yeah. to seven. You can't complain. The biggest thing was no injuries in this game that we know about. Nobody carted off the field. Nobody walking off the field. I'm sure some guys are banged up, bruised up, but that's to be expected going into the game against Tech, but I think you're favored by 35 points in Atlanta next week. I mean, so you're all right there. Just 35? It might be more. It might be more, honestly. It might, as being conservative, 35. It's gonna, it, it might be the biggest spread between the two teams ever. I'm going to say 42 and a half. Damn. Is this a rivalry still? Lose to them, you'll you'll see it be a rivalry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It's just not one of those things. I do want to give a shout out to our friends at Rogue Apothecary. If you actually uh, use promo code Bulldogs ten, you get a discount on your order. That's B U L L D O G S ten, and they will give you a discount on it. Their Battle Bomb is uh, what a lot of our friends over at the Orange Blood site, our Texas site, absolutely rave about. Especially if you have like a 
knee or elbow inflammation. Maybe you need to get some of that stuff and put it on uh, uh, Noah Smith's elbow or uh, Chris uh, Smith's knee. What about what about all the Smiths guys? Arian Smith busted up. Noah Smith broken up. Chris Smith busted up. No, Taki Smith. Taki Smith. Oh, jeez. All, all four Smiths. Yeah, all four. Hey, somebody, some of these guys need to change their name. Yeah. Uh, Beyond Creative said, how much Charleston Southern get for showing up today? Is Did they release that? They release that, don't they? You can find out. We, we normally don't go looking for it, but it's usually a million bucks or Yeah, you know, like 1.2 or something like yeah. that. I would think it's probably 1.2 million. I was going to say, I wouldn't show up for less than 1.2. Just, just for the – I don't say everyone has a price, but to me – there are a lot of teams that need a game like this, you know? So, and you only want to play like one or, you know, I'm guessing you under, I'm guessing as a player for Charleston Southern though, you understand that you're going to have to go get one of these games a year. Yeah. But it still sucks. Right. Yeah. But but at the same time, you know, you, you don't get to play in a stadium like that. You don't get to play against guys like that. Yeah. But you also don't have to lose, but 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 you're going to get your ass whooped by Jordan Davis for two quarters. Yeah, I, I mean, if I'm a center, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take him on, see what he can do. Yeah. He's, they're not scared. I mean, yeah, he might throw me around, but I mean, football players aren't pansies. They're like, screw it. I, I'll go toe to toe with you and see what happens. If you, yeah, you, you go into games sometimes knowing you're going to lose, but you're like, I'm still, I love the game and I'm going to, all I got to do is win my battle and then hope the guy next to him wins his battle, you know? And if you lose, you're like, okay, I got beat by a better guy. But then you get to go back, you know, it's like, hey, we did – it helped us – it helped our program. Because, again, it's not just their football program. Some of these checks will fund a, a ton of the entire athletic uh, budget. So it's a it's a big help for those guys, you know. And, like, if – how many guys would give their right arm to go out and play it down inside Sanford Stadium? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And they did that. And like you said, like we talked about earlier, you know. There's a ton uh, of them have great stories they can tell now. They one guy gave a leg in the first quarter. So, what'd you say? So one guy gave a leg in the first quarter because he got carted off. Oh yeah. So, yeah. And the same thing. It's like, well, they they could get hurt. Yeah, they didn't get hurt on a regular game. Yeah. I mean, I was at a high school game last night. They hauled, you know, three or four kids got hurt. There's nothing worse than laying on your back. I've been there. You're laying on your back. You know, you're in pain. You look up and you see your coach looking through your face mask. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, you know, coach. You know, I mean, of course, somebody's hit your nuts up into your throat. You know, I'm going to be fine, coach. You know, I just need to catch my breath. You know, and you know, All right. It's like, but, you know, because you're expected to say you're fine, even if, you know, they, they can't find your arm. You know, <laughs> I'm okay, coach. Yeah, we're good. So. Oh, man. Looking forward to next week. Yeah, guys, looking forward to next week. If you're not already, guys, please hit that subscribe button on the UGA Sports uh, YouTube channel. We've hit that 20K, but we're aiming for even higher. We've got cool stuff coming up for you. Film Don't Lie on the YouTube channel. Also, Rumors vs. Facts, the recruiting show. We've got our UGA Sports Live. Damn, we have content almost every single day on the YouTube, yeah, on the, and, on the YouTube uh, page. If I can work out a, uh, I'm trying to work out a deal with Jason Butt where maybe he and I basically have a daily show. Oh, damn. Well, you know, I thought what would be fun, it'd be very, very low key, but, you know, he puts out that great wrap up each day, right? Yep. We could just go down the list on his wrap up. 
Yeah, his, his wrap up is awesome. You know, just hey, here's the daily notes. You know, and or I was thinking it'd be fun to do just a Friday night show. I mean, we're so we had a bunch of guys on staff out on the road on Friday nights, but maybe not during the football season. But just hey, a Friday night, hey, let's have a drink. You know, uh, I'll sit here and grab my scotchy scotch, and you grab whatever you're drinking, and we'll everybody pours one. We all have a knock back a uh, drink. And just talk football. Talk, hell, talk whatever you want to talk about. So I think we basically just a Friday night hangout. Dogs yeah. and liquor. Yeah, dog talk and liquor. Let's just do yeah. that. There we so. go. <laughs> anyway, we're going to do more and more on this. The reason I bring that up is we're going to do more and more on this YouTube channel. So be sure to hit subscribe. We hit twenty thousand. Hell, we're on our way to twenty-one. Yep, and we will get there before you know it. Probably before this SEC championship game. Uh, Aaron Callaway says, "I like that idea: bourbon and cigars with Roddy." Absolutely. Oh, we, we can do a little. Uh, can we smoke? On, yeah, I was gonna say, can we smoke on on live? I, 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 I have not lit one up. I've chewed on them, and then the minute we go, uh, right. The minute you hit pause, I'm... yeah, you did. Yeah, I and then I accidentally came back after the uh, video oh, yeah. and, and got gotcha. you. <laughs> and uh, Roddy was uh, lighting it up. Uh, yeah, big no, victory cigar, man. Come on. Yeah, I know. This should be fun, though, guys. This is the last little bit of the run. Georgia fans enjoy it. It's hate week against Tech. Oh, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh, shit. Yeah. Next week is Thanksgiving. Trent, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? You live right down the road. You going to have some turkey, or what's up? Can I come by and get a plate? I'm going to uh, Pigeon Forge for a couple of days. So nice. me and the family, family oh. of five, is probably a struggle. I'll probably be ready to come back by Monday. So ah, Have fun with that. I think we'll, we're be, back, going... we'll be back Wednesday and uh, – Ready to roll for next weekend? Yeah, I think uh, I think we're going over to the in-laws and then maybe hosting one on a, on Friday or Saturday. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. What are you doing, Ryan? Just let me know what time. What, what you got going on? Uh, traditional thing on the we we thought about running down to Orange Beach and having yeah. a kind of something at the uh, my aunt's condo down there because. Uh, apparently there was a water leak at well, the next door. And I want to go check and see if there's anything up to that, if there are had any damage or anything. But um, with my mother-in-law's uh, situation, we want to be here where we could actually see her. So uh, we're just going to do a, a standard Thursday thing, uh, Thanksgiving dinner. So be nice, especially considering we the last two years have been a bit odd. So yeah. Looking yeah. forward to it. Are you a Black Friday shopper, Roddy? No. No, Trent, you, you look like a Black Friday shopper, Trent. I'm a Black you look Friday, like... Friday sleeper. <laughs> nah. I used I used to go uh, out there, man. I mean, it used to be fun. I do stuff there... online, but I won't. Yeah, it's, I do want to mention one of our sponsors, uh, Dead Soxy, has a yes. deal right now, uh, the uh, Score Dogs promotion, where they were going. They well, they are, they are giving one percent off for every point Georgia scored. So Georgia scored fifty six. So you can now get their socks. And they have new Georgia styles out for 56% off for the next couple of days. So jump on there. If you have stuff you want to get for friends or family you know, or yourself, they're great. Dang. So hit that uh, dead soxy, use the, the uh, promo code score dogs and get 50. They've never done this. 35% was their top, but they're doing 56% off over half off on all their socks and stuff. So hit them wow. up. Kirby, Kirby could, he should have scored 90 today. <laughs> well, they they capped it. They, they 60. capped it at like, sixty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I get a text halfway through the game. They're like, 
God, it's already 49 to nothing. Thank God we capped it at 60. We've never done 60%, like not even close. I'm like, well, you're going to do it today, baby. <laughs> I got to 56. So I'm with Aaron Call Callaway now. You don't have to do the crazy uh, Black Friday stuff anymore because you just do it all online. Yeah. It used to be fun, though, back in the day, man. Like you go with a couple buddies and you just go get a TV. Every year you go, somebody would get a TV. And that, that's what it was. Now everybody has TVs. Meet me at the Hangout, Roddy. The Hangout's a great place down in Orange Beach. I absolutely love it. But see, I actually thought about calling the uh, show the Friday Night Hangout. Hey, there you go. But I don't want to get a copyright infringement lawsuit <laughs> from our boys at the Hangout in Orange Beach. But. Brian Creative says, all I want for Christmas is a dub at Lucas Oil Stadium in January. Hey, speaking mm -hmm. of which, that's going to be my raise this year, right? You're you're taking me with you there? No, have you seen the the flight, the cost for flights up there? No. Don't care either. <laughs> you're taking. You're taking you can, have you seen the availability of flights up there? <laughs> you you can drive. We don't I have mean, to. You've put me in the back of a Dodge Challenger before and driven me halfway across the country. We'll do it again. Yeah. But this time we're not stopping every 13 seconds. You can smoke. <laughs> yeah, I'm done, I'm done smoking. Done smoking. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. Everything's itchy. <laughs> All right, guys, that's the post-game overreaction show, the POS. I'm Paul Meharry, Trent Smallwood, Ryan Abolsi. We appreciate you guys so much. Let me play this video and then get us out of here. Thanks again for watching. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll talk to you next week after Georgia Whoops Tech.